convention kids know what's at, because that's like all we did, man. It was so good. So again, we've been in the, the, the first volume of the Bible Engagement Project, our series called Lagos, but um, this is in the beginning, and we are actually closing in the beginning tonight. Everybody's like, shoo, guess what? Only, only X amount of volumes left. I'm just letting you guys know. I'm not telling you how many, because you guys might get discouraged. But anyway, have you ever worked on a project? Any of you guys worked on a school project? Or maybe like an art project if you're an artist or whatever. Um, if you're a musician, uh, if you do anything creative at all. You guys ever worked on a project before? Have you ever, have you ever uh, gotten about, I don't know, halfway through the project? Or maybe you're done with the project, and then you hate it? <laughs> How many people have had like anxiety attacks because you sit on your desk and you're about to present something and you're like, oh, I did not do my best here. I need to not. <laughs> Maybe I should throw it away and try to do what I can see what I can do in five minutes as opposed to the five hours I had last night. I've been there. Yeah, man, like as soon as you see it, you just get like you just get turned off to it. Like there's just something that's like I, I don't like this at all. I don't want to do this. You guys know um, I do music, right? Um, fo follow me on SoundCloud and Spotify because um, there's that. Anyway, so I do music, but if you have noticed lately, all of my music's really, really old. Um, I haven't done a whole lot lately. Uh, that was partly because I was getting married. There's your, there's your marriage plug, Tristan, uh, wherever he's at. Uh, there's my married plug. I've been talking about it forever. Anyway. Been getting married, been, uh, you know, just doing things here with the youth ministry and uh, with, with other things in the church and just really been involved. And uh, one, haven't had a ton of time to do my music. And then two, when I do something, I write it, I record it, I have it, and then I don't like it. I listen to it for a couple times. I'm like, oh, man, nope, scrap it. Guys, I have like seven or eight songs that like I'm not releasing at least now, because I just don't like where they're at. It's not something that I wanted to create. Like, I wasn't happy with the product that was there. You guys ever felt like that before? Yeah? All right. It's not that, it's not what I wanted. And somewhere, something got dropped, and it mixed up where I was at. So last week, we talked about what? Anybody know? The... The fall. The fall. We talked about the fall in Genesis chapter. Anybody know? Three. Three. Nice. People are taking notes. I like that. So we're in. Uh, so we found out, like, man, sin is, entered into the world and messed up everything. Like, everything is completely jacked up now. We can't fix it. Sin's here. God separated from us. We have to start slaughtering animals now and making sacrifices and doing some weird stuff. Like, that's just where we're at. So we have Genesis 3, sin enters the world. And I want you guys to, to see this. Um, it's in Genesis chapter 6. So Genesis chapter 6, and we are in verse 5. We're going to read through a little bit of this story. Um, if you have your Bibles and you're getting there, when you're there, say there. If you're, if you're there, say there. there. If you're not there, say not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Got to get them out. Well, I'm going to go ahead 
Uh, we're a little pressed for time, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, just go ahead and read. If you're getting your Bible out, that's cool. You can also see it up here. So this is what it says in verse 5. It says, The Lord saw how wicked, how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and every insulate, oh, hold on, inclination, there it is, it was hyphenated in my Bible, inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Everybody say, only evil all the time. That's not good. That's not a good place. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race that I have created with all of the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have even made them. And then it says in verse 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So Genesis chapter 3, we have sin entering the world through Adam and Eve, right? We talked about that. It was good, right? It was like we're trying to be in God's image, but we're already in God's image. Three chapters later, and God's like, I'm done with humans. <laughs> three. Three chapters. Look, look at this. Hold on. Look at this. This is how long, thank you, by the way, this is, how, this is how thin six chapters in Genesis is, and this is how thick the rest of the book is. Three chapters. He's done. He's done. Listen, he looked at the world that he had created, and it says their hearts were only evil. Everybody say only evil. All the time. Only evil. All the time. That's not a good place to be. So God looks at it and he says, no, nah, I can't do this anymore. We cannot have this anymore. I got to do something about it. Guys, I want you to hear something in just these few verses already. God judges wickedness. I know we don't, I know we don't like to think of God being a, 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 a judge. I know we don't like to think of him as like judging. And, and how many people are like, only God can judge me. How many people have ever said that before? <laughs> Only God can judge me. Guys, that's a scary thing to say. I'm just saying. We, got, we, we, we get that just in our, in our heads that like only God can judge me. Nobody can tell me how I need to live my life. Nobody can tell me what I need to be doing. Nobody can tell me what I need to be going. Nobody can tell me any of this, right? I, 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 like that's the mentality here. And so we don't like to see God as a judge, but we see here that the people had become so wicked in just three chapters of Genesis that he's already like, I'm done. I have to do something. But then in verse 8, he says, but there's something good here. We'll get back to that, but I just want you to see that within two verses in 11 and 12, there are three verbs of corruption being used. It says they were corrupt. You want to go ahead? Now, the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence, and God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all of the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. Why, why, why use so many corruption? Why, why corrupt, corrupt, corrupt? It's because this. They were corrupt with their money, 
the things that they used for transactions. They were corrupt in their morals. And they were corrupt in how they treated each other. How many people have ever made a bad purchase before? Like, you know you shouldn't have made it. Have you guys ever been corrupt with how your morals are lined up? You don't have something quite right and messes you up morally? Have you guys ever treated somebody poorly? Ever treated somebody poorly? And I think we're all at that spot. You see, they were corrupt in a bunch of different ways. And this is the first record that we have, right, right in the beginning of Genesis, of what his intentions were for others. So Noah became the first prophet. You guys know what prophets are? They speak on behalf of the Lord. They, they, they are actually the Lord's mouthpiece. You see, because of sin, God had to destroy everything. That's what he felt like he had to do, including the world itself. He had to flood it. Sin corrupts everything. It corrupts everything to the point that even the earth wasn't redeemable. That's pretty bad, isn't it? That's pretty bad. When even the earth itself is not even, like, redeemable at all. You see, God is showing, is showing that he has emotions, right? If you haven't garnered anything from this so far, I think we can tell that God is pretty emotional, right? Not, like, emotional in the sense of, like, he's all over the place, but he has emotions. He's not some distant God, and he's capable of disappointment. He loves deeply, but he also is just. So when you have wicked people, this is what happens. This is what has to happen according to the Old Testament. You see, he gave time and he, gave, and he showed mercy to people and they just continued to deteriorate. Continued it. It broke everything in Genesis 3 when sin entered the world. God just decided, I got I to gotta wipe the slate clean. I want you to gather just from a few verses that God judges wickedness. He can't, they're not compatible. He can't be around it anymore. And it breaks his heart when we have wickedness in our hearts. If this hasn't made any sense to you, 16-year-old um, me was a punk. Okay. Yes, I was a punk, man. I was, I was yelling at my parents. I would tell them no. I would tell them to shut up. I would tell them to move on. I would tell them I didn't love them. I would tell them all this. Like, dude, I was messed up. I had a lot in my heart that was messed up. And guess what? My parents loved me through all of that. But I know parents who, who might be here, I think we only have a couple, but you reach a certain point where it's like, okay, now I've got to throw down two. <laughs> like, so my parents, they, man, they were so good. They're probably, my mom watches our, our videos and stuff, but like, they're so good to me. But they reached a point where it was like, okay, no, you can't like step up to your mom and act like you're going to like get in her face. Like you can't do that. Like you, you can't yell at us and scream at us and tell us that we're, you know, this and all that. Like you can't. They took a stand and they said, no, 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 we love you, but at the same time, we're done with this. Like, we're not dealing with this anymore. And see, it's, it's kind of, 
it's kind of the same thing here. Sometimes it was yelling back and just kind of intimidating me a little bit and kind of I would scurry away. You guys ever done that with your parents sometimes? You're like, okay, okay, I made you mad. My bad. <laughs> you guys ever done that? Sometimes that's what happened to me. Sometimes it was straight up like go to your room, you're grounded. Like I know none of y'all have gotten grounded before. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes, and this is the saddest part, and this is on me, so don't, if like you ever see my parents, they'll be like, why did you do this? Like just blame me, okay? But it got to a certain point that sometimes my parents wouldn't even like be around me because I would just continually hurt them. That's, that's how bad I was, right? And that's what happened here. God had showed, uh, so showed mercy. He had waited. He was patient. He was all this. And finally he said, okay, enough is enough. Like, I, I have to do something. I have to do something that is going to have lasting ramifications, but I have to do something to send a message because this thing is not working out. You guys listening? Following me? You with me? Let's go ahead and just keep reading real quick. Oh, man. Gotta, I'm up against the clock here. Um, let's go ahead and keep reading. It says in verse 9, it says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Remember, he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. It says, now Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. It says he had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Uh, Japheth. And now the earth was corrupt. Again, here we go. Corrupt in God's sight, and it was full of violence. And God saw how corrupt. There you go again. The earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. Oh, look at that. Corrupt morally, corrupt with their money, and corrupt to each other. It's all in threes here. It says, so God said to Noah, I'm going to put it into all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. And he goes on in verse 15. There's a lot here, but I'm not going to really um, read it. I just want to paraphrase it. But he goes on. He gives him the dimensions. He gives him the height, the weight, the, uh, the, the type of material that he has to use. He talks and he says, I want you to, shh, guys, guys, you got to pay attention. Okay. Like, he gives him the, the two-by-two two thing. You guys have heard the story of Noah. If you've heard the story, you know the two-by-two two animals, all one of every kind, all this kind of stuff. Like, he gives him all of these meticulous instructions, and Noah follows it. It says in verse 22, it says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And then he, and then he told them the time frame. He said, go and, and go make it, and this is what you're going to have to do. It's going to have to be a clean animal. Um, we'll get into that a little bit. It says, you know, he, he basically gives him the timetable. He says, hey, in seven days, this is what I'm going to do. Better start loading it up because how many people know? You want to try to corral an animal and, like, put them in a car? <laughs> it can get crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So... So it's hard to do that. So he gives him kind of a seven-day time frame where he's like, hey, you better start loading this thing up because I'm coming. Like, 
And so he, he does this, and it says again in verse seven, uh, or chapter 7, verse 5, it says, Noah did all that God commanded him. And then what happens? Starts raining one day. And everybody's like, oh, whatever, it's rain, whatever. It doesn't stop, though. It floods, and it, and it keeps going, and stuff keeps happening, and people are like, what is, what is this? What? It keeps happening, and then it starts piling up. It starts piling up, and then it starts flooding things. It starts flooding towns, and it starts really overtaking everything. And over the, the course of 40 days and 40 nights, that's what Scripture says, 40 days and 40 nights, the whole earth floods, all of it. All of it floods. And then after it, Noah sends a dove out when they think the coast is clear, and the dove flies around. And comes back, and so he's like, okay, we got to still wait because everything's a little wet still. So then he sends it out again, and, and then the dove comes back, and he's like, okay. Or actually, this time around, it doesn't come back. And that's when he knows. He's like, hey, all right, it's time to get out. Let's do this thing. You see, God rewards obedience. I want you guys to grab onto this in this second section. It says in, in, the, in those two verses there, in 6.22 and 7, uh, five, chapter 7, verse 5, it says, Noah did all that God commanded him. Because of God's grace and Noah's relationship with God, he and his family got to be saved. The listing of the specifications is not to highlight what Noah did. Have you guys ever seen the, the, the picture of the ark that's in, like, Kentucky and Ohio? It's kind of... Yeah, that's kind of where I lived uh, for a little bit, and it's just docked there, and people take tours. It is crazy to see that thing. But it wasn't that, oh, Noah's going to build this amazing thing, and that's just what it's going to be. No, this was to show no matter how meticulous what God said, no matter how meticulous the detail, Noah was going to follow it. And here's the craziest thing of all. Throughout this story, Noah is going off of nothing than, other than hearing from God. That's it. God told him to do it, so he's going to do it. That's it. And that ark probably took a long time, so you're sitting there probably in the dryness of where they were at. You're probably sitting there in the heat. And you're like, dude, what am I doing here? Just brick, or not brick, but wood, just nailing wood together. You're building your room. You're laying out the blueprint. And you're just, what am I even doing? And then God says, seven days I'm going to do this. You see, Noah demonstrated faith in how he followed God's word. He had no signs. He had no miracles. He had nothing telling him this is what you're supposed to do. It was just God saying this is what I want you to do. That was it. Have you guys ever had to do something and you had no idea why you were doing it yeah whether it's a chore whether it's a job or whatever and then afterwards you get to see oh oh that's what that was for I did a I did an internship myself shout out to our interns come on give it up for our interns they're awesome our internship is is really cool but I was an intern, too, at my church, but I was the only intern. We didn't have an intern director. We didn't have an internship. I, I just went into work and kind of 
sat there and they told me what to do. Um, I was about to graduate, so I was really close, right? And uh, I was like, when do I get to preach? Can I, can I like, maybe preach a Sunday? I've never preached a Sunday before. Like, maybe that would be cool. Can I lead a small group? Can I do this? Can I do that? They said, here is a brush. Here is some cleaning. Uh, we have 36 toilets in our facility. You can go clean those. Cool. So I go clean those. Did that one week. The next day, we had a cleaning crew come in to the church to clean, and they were doing their sermon planning meetings. I'm like, oh, cool. I get to be a part of that. Cool. Awesome. Let's go. They were like, actually, no, we want you out with the cleaning crew. Okay, it'll only be a month, it'll only be a couple weeks, whatever. I was in that internship with them, and they're awesome, man. I love those guys. I was in that internship for two months. I never preached. I never led a small group. I never did anything. I scrubbed toilets every single week. And while they were creating sermons and building the vision and doing all the fun stuff that I thought I was going to be doing as an intern, because that's what we do. I was cleaning toilets, and I was scrubbing floors, and I was vacuuming, and I was picking nasty stuff out of the pews that we had because we still had pews. We didn't have chairs. Stuff gets nasty in those pews. Let me tell you, some, some stuff gets down. It, gross. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? And then I get to the end of it, and I go back to serve, and then I got to be a youth leader out in Springfield where I went to college. And, like, I got to do the fun stuff. I got to preach. I got to do this. I got to do. But then I came here, right, full time, and I stacked chairs with the interns. I clean floors with the interns. I, I serve. I do things. And I go, oh, that's why they had me cleaning toilets. Because guess what? I get to preach every week. Sometimes I get to preach twice a week if you're here on Sundays. Sometimes that happens. Like, I get to preach a lot. I get to lead small groups. I get to do whatever I want to do in my youth ministry because I get to get vision from God and carry it out and do what I feel God is leading. Like, it's awesome. I get to do all that. But if I didn't grab onto that thing of service, if I didn't grab onto that thing of like, hey, man, I want you to do this. And they never told me when it would end. And I was like, what, a couple weeks? No. A couple weeks? No. Yeah, worship team can go ahead and come up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and try to wrap this thing up. But I want you guys to know, if God is telling you something, no matter how much sense it makes, man, if you believe that that's from God, follow after it. Because God is going to reward the obedience. Look at Abby, man. I'm sure she was sitting there a week before youth convention at, what, $600, right, Abby? $400 and saying, oh, man, there ain't no way I'm going to do this. And God shows in. Shows up and steps in and starts to move and says, okay, we're doing this now. God rewards obedience. The last thing is in, uh, is in chapter 8, and then I'll finish. It's in chapter 8. It's verse 15 through 17. It says, God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons. And bring out every kind of living creature that is with you. And the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, catch this, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in it. Um, does that sound familiar to any of you guys? Be fruitful and increase? 
talked about it just a couple of weeks ago, yeah? Just a couple of weeks ago with creation. When God commissioned Adam and Eve, you guys hearing me? When God commissioned Adam and Eve, and I'm going to wrap it up soon, I promise. He said, be fruitful and increase. This is the best part of this thing. If you can catch on to anything, I want you to catch on to this. The significance of him telling Noah and his family, be fruitful and increase, is this. God will redeem the faithful. God redeems the faithful. God redeemed the earth through the flood. Remember, he said, I can't even have the earth here. I've got to redeem that. I've got to wash that clean. God redeemed even the earth. He redeemed the animals by commanding Noah to find only clean animals. I told you we would come back to that. You see, back in that time, they could only take uh, the best of the best as sacrifices. They could only eat the best of the best. They couldn't eat things that were impure, things that were not perfect, things that were, you know, had spot, spots on them or deformed. You know, they, they had to be perfect. And so he redeems the animals by only bringing clean animals into the ark. Only bringing clean animals. And then ultimately, this work of salvation, this thing, God redeemed Noah and his family. And he gives them the same command that he gave to Adam and Eve to be fruitful and to multiply. It's this thing of a reset. The work of salvation here. Is because of Noah's faithfulness to listen and to obey. Everybody say listen and obey. He was among a bunch of wicked people. And he was spared and he was redeemed because of his faith. There was a new covenant made with Noah as well. Anybody know what that was? Noah, the end, the ark, he comes up. Ah, anybody? Yeah. He makes a new covenant with Noah. He says, I'm not doing this again. We're not going to go through this again. He makes a new covenant with him. He redeemed the whole situation. Worship team, if you guys want to go ahead and come on out, that'd be great. I'm way over. I'm sorry. Family feud took a while. <laughs> That's what I'll blame it on. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Listen, I want you to, to grab onto this. God's judgment, it was going to come on humanity because of what they were doing. But God made provision by saving Noah, his family, and the animals on board. Guys, if you want to see how Genesis could possibly still be relevant today, it's the perfect picture here of what Jesus did for us. It's the perfect picture of what we get to do, what we get to experience when we say yes to Jesus like Abby was talking about. You see, Jesus is the lifeboat, the ark that we all can, can ride on, that we can line up in and get in and be safe among the chaos, among the destruction, among the wickedness, among all the things that God has to judge because that's his character and his nature. God can't 
be with sin. It doesn't work. But how? How, how? how do we get on board with God? How do we make this thing happen? If Noah tells us anything, it's that through obedience to his word and having faith in him, that's what we have to do. Believing he is who he says he is and taking him simply for his word. Do you guys believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Do you guys believe that he lived a sin, sinless life? Do you guys believe that he was born of a virgin, as crazy as that might actually sound? Do you believe this stuff? Do you believe it? Because if you do, if you just simply take him at his word when he says, I did this thing on the cross for your salvation, if you can believe in that and hold on to that and live faithful and live obedient, man, there is no telling what God is going to do. God might just want to do something and, and completely change the atmosphere in the way that he did with Noah. That's what you get to do when you say, yeah, Jesus, I, I, I want what you have. I want to be obedient to you. I want to surrender my life to you. That's what you can do. It's not hard. It's not hard to, to put your mind there, but it is hard to live it out. So I want you guys just with every head bowed, every eye closed, as we kind of close this thing out. How many of you would say, okay, yes, I need, I need Jesus, man. I need a savior. I need a, 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 an ark, a lifeboat in the middle of the chaos that I'm in, and I would love to know him as my personal Lord and savior. If you would like to just say yes to Jesus, you just raise your hand and be bold. so good so good father I, I just pray for each and every one of these students I pray that you would lavish your blessing on them pray that they would get a chance to just know you and know who you are I pray that you would show up in their life in, in a very very real way and that they would know now that they've made this decision I've said yes to you. I'm going to live my life, but now I'm going to be obedient. I'm not just going to say yes and then move along like nothing happened. I'm going to live changed. I'm going to live differently. I'm going to live with a new standard. Father, we thank you that you have completely woven through imagery, through, through pictures, through narratives, through all of this stuff. You have completely woven the Bible complete complete together so that we could be encouraged and we could understand that Genesis has significance because of Jesus thank you for, for the work on the cross thank you for dying for our sins we love you and we thank you for that opportunity to say yes surrender our lives to you in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey.
Let's go ahead. I know, I know we're running a little late. Sorry about that. But I want to take some time.